I'm Heidi. I'm Heather. And we're sisters. This is the H&H Show. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the H&H Hour. We're so glad that you've joined us on this fallish day here in central Illinois. It finally got kind of chilly, Heidi. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I love these first few weeks of ushering in a new season. Mm-hmm. I think it's a like a refresh for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that we live somewhere where there are seasons where it changes and winter gets a tiny bit long, but it's okay. I, I would rather it be that way than the same all the time. I have a dear friend from Iran and she she's actually a listener as well. We used to be neighbors. Um, she was just telling me the other night that one of her favorite things about living here in central Illinois, she's lived a lot of places, is the changing seasons mm-hmm. and that she looks so forward to each season. And she talked about um, a family member who's moving to Texas, actually, and she said, I think he will miss mm-hmm. the changing seasons because yeah. he's so used to it here now. Yeah. Heather, today we're going to d- jump into a topic that I think is really important and I think it's very relevant. It is season that we're in. Totally relevant. I think every single person can probably relate to this on some level. And if you can't, then please call us because we would like to find out your tips. Give us all your wisdom. <laughs> so I'm going to open by first talking um, from 1 John 4. Okay. Um, and then we're going to launch into this topic. But 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer... That person is a liar. I love how straightforward the Bible is. Like it does yeah. not sugarcoat, does Mm-mm. it? No. It just says that person is a liar. Yeah. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Hmm. So today, Heather, we're going to talk about what does it look like to love our fellow believers when we disagree? Hmm. That's good. And I think we can broaden that and say people. Yes. Not just people who know the Lord, yep. but all people. Um, there's a lot of things to disagree about right now. There are. We can disagree on whether or not you should do e-learning with your kids, or if you should homeschool your kids, or if you should vaccinate or not vaccinate, or if you should wear a mask or not wear a mask. There are all of these ideas and these thoughts in our world right now that we can disagree on. Yeah. And there's you're right. There's a lot of disagreement. You just said that you were at dinner the other night and all around you you could hear all of these conversations yeah. about people disagreeing about things. Yeah, it was almost as if it is a trend right now. You know, it's like when Twitter was like the big platform, it was like so big to say what's trending on Twitter. You know, it's what's still pretty big. It is still pretty big, but it's not quite as big, but like trending right now is that idea that everything is a debate. Yeah. Everything is a conflict. It's almost like it's a, become a habit in society yeah. for us to debate everything and then to feel justified to have like this spirit of division Right. when we realize that maybe I disagree with your opinion or this group of people feels differently than mine. And so I'm going to just step out of this group of people. Right. Um, so I think that it's huge right now. It totally is. And so we want to clarify because we are not against debating. Debating is actually a really positive and a really good thing. It can and I, be, yeah. I believe that people have gotten away from healthy debate, mm-hmm. from knowing what they stand for and being able to clearly and concisely 
give an argument for whatever it is that they stand for. Yes. Um, the problem comes in when the debate turns personal, mm-hmm. when the debate becomes more about, well, I am against you because mm-hmm. you believe something or stand for something that is different than me, than me. Therefore, I'm going to hate you or I'm going to ignore you or I'm going to look at you differently than I did before when I thought you agreed with me. Right. And that's part of what I believe this passage is talking about, where we allow it to separate us, where it says, um, but if you hate a fellow believer, I think that that word hate can mean choosing to separate yourself from someone because of a difference of opinion. Right. Um, now, I want to be clear, like we, we're we not saying, hey, if you're single and you're trying to figure out if you're going to marry the person you're dating and you guys constantly have conflict, like you just got to go for it and marry that guy. That's not what we're saying. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're, we're not saying to not exercise wisdom in who you choose to be a part of, mm-hmm. like who you right. choose to be in relationship right. with. Right. But we are talking about the fact that this narrative that if you believe one thing and I believe one thing, we draw this line and you stay on your side and I stay on mm-hmm. my side and that's the end of right. that relationship. Right. That's super convicting it is. to me. I mean, as someone with a pretty strong personality, I can tend to have that like, well, I'm just going to write you off. Like if you're not going to pursue this friendship and and be in this as much as I'm in it, well, then we're done here, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that that's not of God, but I think that so often that's how we all act mm-hmm. when we don't, when someone's not like, oh, I love your point. I think you're so right. I agree fully. Mm-hmm. What we hap- get that pushback and mm-hmm. then it's like, well, turn my back, cross my arms, like we're not friends. Right. What happens when someone says, hey, I actually disagree with you on this. I have a different perspective. So what we're talking about is heart condition, which honestly, every conversation um, that we bring up on this show could go back to heart condition uh, because that's really, that's that's what God looks at anyway. Yeah. You know, um, the Bible says man looks at the outward, God looks at the heart. Um, Later in that same chapter, 1 John, I'm, I'm sorry, it's the next chapter. It's 1 John chapter 5. Verse 21, it says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And I think right now, what's trying to take God's place in our hearts is that disagreement, that Mm -hmm. debate. So are you saying, Heidi, that you can vote for someone differently than your brother or your sister or your best friend and still be in a good relationship with them? That's a really interesting question, and I think the simple answer is yes. Yeah. Um, we just had an experience in our own personal world where someone that's family was messaging us, and there was kind of some debate happening on a, on a social platform, and we were like, hey, let's bring this to a private conversation. Mm-hmm. And so we moved it to a private conversation, and um, a few days passed between the communication, and the response came through... And it said, I know you probably hate me because mm-hmm. we disagree. And Kim and I were so taken back that the first thought on this person's mind would be, because we disagree, they probably hate me. Mm-hmm. Kip's response was so wise. He's like, man, we don't hate you. We love you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we can disagree and still like each other. So I just hope that we can as a people get to the point where our first response isn't well that person disagrees with me so clearly they hate me Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and i think it's difficult 
Yeah. I do, because I would say I'm a pretty strong defender of standing up for bold truth mm-hmm. and speaking it out. We have to. Mm-hmm. Like, we absolutely have to be, as followers of Jesus, we have to be speaking out um, biblical, solid truth, because if we don't, who's not? Who's going to? Right. And so what happens when you do that is you will often find a lot of dissenting voices, mm-hmm. people who think you're... You're just out to push your agenda or you're out to make them feel less. And really, I'm sure some people do that, but I know like that's never my intent. My intent is to point people to the truth, Mm -hmm. which is Jesus and which is his word. And it's not always, it doesn't always make you feel good. It doesn't always make you feel good because usually what it is, it does is it identifies sin in your life. So that that when that feeling of like, oh, I like not responding to that with a happy feeling, with a with a warm, fuzzy feeling is that conviction that sets mm-hmm. in. And so I think that it's this tension of um, being willing to speak boldly and speak truth, especially in a day-to-day where the world is mostly trying to silence that mm-hmm. in us. They're trying to say, if you have a different um, opinion than the narrative of the world or the narrative of the media, then you should be silent mm-hmm. and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And so... How do we do that without coming across as condescending to those who who believe differently than us? How do we do that in love, but also in boldness? You know, yeah. the kids and I just read this morning in Proverbs um, about the righteous being bold as a lion. Yeah. You know, and Jules was like, oh my goodness, as bold as a lion. That's really bold. And I think that's the tension, Hyde. Mm-hmm. It's that we have to learn... And we can only do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. I mean, on my own, I screw up in this area big time Mm. because I just want to just proclaim the truth and speak the truth no matter whose feelings it hurts. Mm. And so I have to let the Holy Spirit really speak to me to say, when is the right time and what are the right things to share to which audience Mm -hmm. and to which person individually as we're sitting face to face or as we're texting back and forth. And I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And so that's really where we all have to um, recognize that his role in our life is so much more important than we, I think, give credit to or speak about. I love this verse from Romans chapter 14, verse 1. It says, the title above it, which is so poignant for today, is unity in the midst of diversity. Hmm. Which is so good because yeah. diversity is not wrong. Different opinions are not wrong. But how do we have unity in the midst of that? So it says this, offer a, an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I love that so much, but I think sometimes but Christians, Christianity, especially in the last, I don't know, I don't really want to put a time frame on it, but let's say 50 years, 50-ish years, maybe even less than that, maybe 20 years. Um, they've stopped at the end of part of that sentence and refused to engage in debates with them. Hmm. And they put a period there. There's not a period there. It says concerning nothing more than opinions. Hmm. So the writer in this is saying, like, don't engage in debates with people over things that don't matter, mm-hmm. over nothingness. Yeah. Don't engage in debates with people when it's not going to 
further the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus, um, or help people live a life that that uh, honors God. Yeah, that doesn't mean we don't engage in debates with people when there's truth that needs to be debated about. Right? Do you want to engage with someone when we talk about? abortion Mm -hmm. and killing babies and 60 million babies, Mm -hmm. you know, in the last 40 some years in our country. Can you imagine, Heidi, 60 million more people in the United States of America, just a few years older than me. Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade was, I think, 1973, I I think. So I was born in 79. So a few years older than me and then younger, Mm -hmm. all the way to today, Mm -hmm. 60 million people. That's a lot of innovators, a lot of leaders, a lot of citizens, a lot of moms and dads and spouses and siblings. And scientists and pastors and doctors. And so do I think that we should just just show love and not debate when it's something like that? Absolutely not. Right. But I think the tension is that we have to learn how to use the discernment of the Holy Spirit to engage in debates and speaking truth in a way that doesn't degrade the other person, that doesn't tear them down, that doesn't go personal. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. And I think it's so important to remember the Holy Spirit is referred to as our helper. And Jesus said he had to leave so that he could send someone who was even better for us to walk through this life with. And he's referencing the Holy Spirit. And that I try to keep that at the forefront of my mind. Sometimes it's many times a day as I'm engaging with people and I have to pause and think, Holy Spirit, what do I do about this? Mm -hmm. What do I say about this? By not responding, it seems like I'm going along with it. By responding, it seems like I'm being, um, like I'm, you know, poking the bear. Right. Pushing the issue. Yeah. Yeah. So give me this wisdom, give me this Mm -hmm. discernment. And he says, like, if anyone lacks wisdom, Mm -hmm. you have to ask. Ask. Right. And he shows up. I've seen him do it so many times. I've seen myself push forward and make a comment or Mm -hmm. make a statement or make a response. And I look back and I'm like, wow, the Holy Spirit was completely not in that because I did not invite him into that conversation. And then it just derails. Yes. Yeah. And then I've seen the opposite where I pause and I go, Holy Spirit, how do I handle this? Mm -hmm. And the Bible is full of conversations, um, especially Proverbs, where it says things like, like a gentle answer turns away wrath. Yeah. That doesn't mean we don't answer. It doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth, but there is a way to do it in a gentleness Mm -hmm. that does not um, degrade God's character. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of times our opinions degrade God's character. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, don't, don't rope me in on that opinion right. of yourself. Like that's not me. Right. So oh, that's so good. And I, I think in our world, we see so much of the harshness everywhere we turn. Um, and it's easy to latch on to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, uh, it's that latching on to something that you feel and you see all around you because that's what the majority is. That's mm-hmm. what the majority of feelings around or what you see on social media or what you see on the news or any of those outlets. And then so it, we just automatically revert into that mm-hmm. instead of instead of going, whoa, slow down. Yeah. Think about your answer. Think yeah. about how you re- want to respond to this. I also, you said something. I love this. Um, you were talking about looking in at yourself and what, like, how do you need to respond? And it made me think of this verse in James. I'm actually going to read it out of the Passion Translation because I thought it was 
so relative to what we are living in today, living close to God. So mm-hmm. how do you, when you said you you need wisdom, ask God. Mm-hmm. And, and James talks about this towards the end of this passage. It's James 4, 1 through 3. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Then listen to this. Doesn't the battle begin inside of you hmm. as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? So when you're arguing with someone or when you're belittling someone, look back in yourself and ask, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Is this, this is actually because of me and my own sin issue. It says you jealously want what others have. So you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time, you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it, for you are asking with corrupt motives and seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. Wow. So if you're asking God for wisdom, but it's because you want your own way, Mm -hmm. because you want to win the fight, you want to win the quarrel, you want to prove that you are right, Mm -hmm. God's not going to give you the wisdom. Yeah. He's like, I'm out. No. I'm not in this one. That's exactly what you said. (laughs) He's like, don't rope me into your mess. Like, I'll help you if your motives are pure. And humble. humble. (laughs) Wow. That's super convicting. We will link that on the show notes because I think that so often... We want God's word to just comfort us and encourage us and uplift us. But very, very often, I'd say even more than that, it needs to correct us. Mm-hmm. It needs to discipline us. Mm-hmm. It needs to direct us. And yeah. it's usually not real comfortable, at least mm-hmm. for me. Maybe, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe no one can relate. But sometimes it is. I'll, I mean, sometimes it's like balm over your well, yes. broken heart. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean... In this conversation, in relation to yes. these kinds of topics, a lot of times it's like if you're going to God's word to be like, God, help me prove them wrong. Yep. He's like, okay, well, let's start with you first. Yeah. And by the time you get to the humble part of realizing that our heart is not aligned with God, we've re- usually realized that we're in the wrong battle anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, that's really good. Can I tell you a fun story? Please do. Okay. We'll end on this because it's a uplifting, okay. <laughs> an uplifting thing. So... Uh, well over a year ago, um, more like 18 months ago, 18, 19 months ago, I started reading through the Bible chronologically. Mm-hmm. And I've read through the Bible before we um, front to cover. And I've actually read through it chronologically also, but it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the plan that I had selected was for one year, but I knew that I wasn't going to get through it in one year because my, my idea wasn't to just speed read through mm-hmm. it. My idea was really to dig in and learn and grow. And so I am not even into the New Testament yet. Mm-hmm. And we're eight, 18 months in. And I have been in the prophets for a very long time. <laughs> um, I think I've been in the prophets pre from pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And so all spring, all summer, I've been reading the minor prophets, the major prophets. And if you've ever read the prophets, maybe you've never read the prophets. Let me just tell you, they're doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. And I will be the first one to say, I love the prophets. Like I can relate <laughs> to them. I yeah. can relate to Isaiah. I can relate to Jeremiah. Um, but you can only read so much doom and gloom before you start to internalize all that and just feel like, oh my goodness, like the world around me is doom and gloom. You know, the world is ending, the sky is falling in, and all I'm reading is the prophets. And so a few days ago, 
I felt the Holy Spirit say, why don't you stop reading the prophets? Why don't you go read in the gospels and read about the hope of Jesus? And I was like, huh, that's an amazing idea. (laughs) But I'm such a rule follower, like stick to the plan. that Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you know. Well, what happens on my reading plan is you can say, catch me up and it will... It will catch up your reading, so it will move your calendar, basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I had done that a few times, mm-hmm. but then I would still have to, because I'm so far behind, I'd still have to go in, go to the calendar, scroll all the way up to the date, and then, you know, start from there. Yeah. So this morning, I again heard the Holy Spirit, Spirit say, I actually heard him say, read Matthew. Hmm. And I was like, oh, Okay. I'm going to break the rules. Hmm. I can do this. I'm going to go read Matthew. <laughs> I'm going to see if there's anything in there that makes me feel hopeful today. And I open my Bible and I read it in my actual Bible, not on the app. And I open my Bible, I read Matthew, and there was actually a really incredible, very, very personal word in there for me hmm. that I wrote in my journal. And it was incredible. Well, then get this, Heidi. <laughs> okay. I open my Bible app. And it automatically puts you on the date of today. Sure. So normally I would scroll back to to catch up, to get to the place where I was. I open it up, September 28th. Guess what I should have been reading if I was caught up? Probably Matthew. Matthew chapter one. Yeah. Wow. How crazy (laughs) is that? Yeah. I'm not surprised. And it was like, you are... 114 days behind or whatever it was. I don't, it maybe wasn't quite that much, but it showed how many days behind I was, but then today's date. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But that shows that the Holy Spirit, one, it shows that he was speaking to you, mm-hmm. chose you not to doubt him. Mm-hmm. And it's to, okay to break the rules sometimes. Yes. Let him prompt you. <laughs> That's really cool. I know. It's like he cares. Yeah. And, and the... The word that he gave me in it was so personal, hmm. like really, really personal. Yeah. And I needed that. Mm-hmm. I needed a reminder that I'm, you know, that the world isn't caving in. Yeah. And that he still got it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I shared that with someone the other day. They were standing in my kitchen and talking about how rough the world is right now and how disheartening it mm-hmm. is. And I said, I'm just thankful we know Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is yeah. still in control. Mm-hmm. And this person looked at their spouse and said, we knew she'd say that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I told you she'd say that. And they're like, you're right. We needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't just say it to say it. I really do believe it. Yeah. And so let that encourage somebody that, you know, the Holy Spirit is here to prompt us right. out of our misery, to pull mm-hmm. us into the hope of who yeah. he is, and also to remind us that your husband posted the other day, and I loved it. He's like, we have the opportunity to bring heaven to earth. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. The plan is that we're not going to escape this world and go to this like euphoric heaven. The plan is that we have the responsibility of calling heaven to earth. Right. And so I think that the more we have that at the forefront of our mind, the more it's not really going to matter. The things we are debating mm-hmm. to a degree, like mm-hmm. there are definitely things that are so against God's word that we do have to stand up yeah. for. But for the most part, most of the things that are, that are being debated are things of this world mm-hmm. that are not going to be taken into eternity mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And don't so. you think that offsetting all of it, trumping all of it is 
the gospel of Jesus, the hope of Jesus. Like yeah. that, that is the thing that we should be the loudest about. Yes. Um, that is the thing that we get to bring yeah. to a lost and dying world. Yeah. And we can't forget that that's, that's our mantle to carry. That's what we've been put here to do is that's to be right. a light in the darkness. And that's we have still it. the commission. We have the hope. We do. Yes. Yeah. That's still, if we're still on track for Jesus, that's still what he requires of us. Yeah. So, so good. I guess that's it. I guess that's, that's all, it. That's all we got for the day. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. We would love for you to share this podcast with someone who you think it would be impactful to. And feel free to jump over to Instagram. We're at the H&H Hour. Send us a message if you would like to give us any feedback on today's show. So we hope you have a great week. We'll chat to you next time.